We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fred Zinke's annual April trade article is out. Will he use the techniques he lays out in the article to do a Jedi mind trick on me in our mixed labor league? We'll find out on that and a whole lot more on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Rotowire's Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Trader Fred, Fred Zinke. Uh, he, has, he is one of two players, I think, in the fantasy baseball industry when I think of as a, as a frequent, avid, and you know, prolific and good trader, the other being Ian Kahn. Uh, I think of those two guys more than almost anybody else in fantasy baseball when they do these trades. Um, so as, as it ties, uh, you have an article up on uh, Yahoo right now, Fred, talking about April trades. Yeah, and just um, trying to maybe kind of grease the wheels in some Yahoo leagues for – I've never been able to understand the theory of people – and I've been hit with this in some of our industry leagues where someone will say – I'm not even considering trades until we've got like a month of regular season action in the books. I, I don't really get that. I don't see why we we need a month. I think you can make a trade after your draft before the season even starts. Yeah. Yeah. I, that Ian did that in AL labor. Actually, he had an imbalance between pitchers and hitters. Jason Collette had the opposite. So they, they worked out a deal that night after the right. auction. So uh, it can happen. It, it can and, work out pretty well. Yeah. And that's coming from an auction, right? Like if, especially yeah. if your league, but it's true. From an auction, someone leaves with a, a $6 guy who you had ranked for $12, but you just didn't have the $12. And you think to yourself, man, like I got that guy valued at $12. He only paid 6 I wonder if he thinks of him as a $6 player. Because if he does, you know, maybe maybe there's a path for me to get him and get someone who I think is a $12 player. But in a draft, I think it's even more so where you could make a trade the next day in the sense of, especially in the early rounds, you're totally locked in on, your options based on your draft slot. So you could have your number three ranked player fall all the way to 10th in your draft. And someone grabs him at 10 because he's so obvious by them, but maybe that person doesn't value him like you do. Right. right. So, right. so there's an avenue maybe right there for you to go to that person and say, Hey, I don't know how much, I don't know how much you love that guy you took at 10th overall, but, but I really love him. Maybe we can work something out. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, sometimes it's hard to convince people to trade uh, in early on. What are some of the, you know, even if it makes sense to them, just because like, oh, it's too early to trade. I haven't, I just drafted this player. Obviously, I love yeah. him. Why would I want to trade him? What are some tips to get around that? Yeah, I mean, there are some people I've come across who are just 
close to it. And I think for me, if they're close to it, then I'll back off because it's a long season Mm -hmm. and I don't really want to burn a bridge in April trying to convince someone, especially like trying to convince someone a little bit like to make a trade that they're interested in. Okay. But if someone kind of slams the door in my face right away and says, you know, I can think of someone who I'm not going to name in the industry who did that once in a Tower Wars League with me. And, and and he was fine. He wasn't rude or anything. He's just like, I won't even consider a trade until May. And I said, okay. And I just backed off because I, I don't want him to come out of this of April with an impression that I waste his time. And I, I am kind of once he tells me. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to be the out. telemarketer of your league. Yeah. Okay. So I think, but I think if they're at least open to it, um, I think it actually, this isn't in the article as much because I really focused on just things specific to early in the season. But um, if they're open, like I think if they're open to the idea of a trade, then I think you just really open up your roster and you start saying to them, like, who do you like? Who do you like on my roster? Who do you feel like you might like on my roster more than I do? That you, like, like give me some names. Give me three names, five names. Give me some names on my roster that, that you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. I would have loved to have gotten that guy. And then I'll see if I can put together an offer or two offers or three offers with that guy in it. And we can and we can kind of work from there. I think it's it's hard for someone to say it's hard for someone to slam the door in your face when all you're asking of them is just just name some guys on my team that you feel like you're kind of on the high end. You're on the high end on because, again, right. like I may not be on the high end on everyone on my team. Some of them may have just filled a need or I didn't really love anyone on the board when it came to me in round 14. And that guy was the highest guy on my list, but I wasn't in love with the pick. And, you know, maybe he names that guy. And then maybe I go and, and make some offers involving that guy. So I think get, putting the ball in their court and giving them a lot of choice is always a great way to start things off, especially earlier in the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I always like to you know, I always like it when someone approaches me to come at me with an actual offer in hand yeah. yes. uh, or, or, you know, if you're going to engage, you're going to start the conversation. Don't start off by saying, I really like Josh Hader. What's, what's it going to take to get Josh? What, what do you want for Josh Hader? That shows that you didn't put the time in to look at, at your roster. Yeah. Um, put the time in, put the time in. Or you don't have the guts. I think it's like a little bit like you just don't have the, like yeah. some people just struggle to like, they hesitate, excuse me, sorry, to put an offer out there. And, and because then, then you're kind of married to that offer, right? If I said to you right now, you know, I'll give you these two players for Kyle Tucker in our labor league. And you said, sure. Okay. Now we're doing it. So sometimes I think people struggle with the finality of that and to put it out there. So, but I think that's what you have to do. I would, I like to do the legwork. If I want to make a deal, I'll do the legwork. So what I would ask you is, for example, in our labor league is name a few guys off my roster that you'd be interested in acquiring based on their position or just how much you like them. You do that. And then I will put together hopefully multiple trade offers and I'll give you firm offers that you can consider. I think that's, you know, uh, like then I've taken, I'm going to do most of the work, but you're going to get a fair amount of control because you're going to get to talk about which players you're going to get in the deal. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and that, that, I think that's, that's really important to kind of approach it that way. So now I'm going to go look at your labor uh, roster (laughs) and I know you don't, you purportedly don't need another closer, but I'm going to look anyhow, because I, I, I have extras and I need help at a lot of places. For instance, second base, I've got Andy Abanya starting at second base right now. I really like Jake Cronenworth, Fred. 
What would it take to get him off? No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's how it starts. Like if you said, I'd love to get Jake Cronenworth in a deal, yep. then maybe I sit down, you know, after we're done recording or something and I start and I take a look at my team and I take a look at your team and I decide, you know, okay, maybe I, maybe I would trade Jake Cronenworth for a closer or something like that. Or, you know, maybe I decide I can't afford to trade Cronenworth. Although one of my April tips is you have to be willing to unbalance your roster. So Actually, the correct answer is I would trade you Cronenworth if the guy I'm getting back is someone I like better than Cronenworth. There you go. Because uh, there's a lot of time to get your roster balanced again. It, there absolutely is. Uh, and I, I think it's important to remember that there. Uh, my Starting pitching for me is actually where I probably really need the help in that league. Uh, this is there's, there's a reason why I had David Robertson benched uh, last week. Two reasons. One, I was just lacking starting pitching and Two, he was going to course field for four games and wasn't quite sure how he's going to be used. Now I realize his usage is is what it is. I'm going to be more more inclined to go with it, but I'm hurting at starting pitching. Uh, you know, the, the great. I've Luis got a lot of them, except that I just lost one this afternoon in Alex Cobb. Uh, hopefully for not long. Yeah, let's talk Alex Cobb. It's an adductor strain. Uh, he you know immediately pitched the first in the doubleheader. Now, granted, they would like to have the, <laughs> the, the Giants would like to have the extra bat. Uh, I mean, the extra arm for the second half of the doubleheader. Yeah. But it, you know, we had Jesse Morse chime in after and said, uh, it's you know, adductor is another word for groin strain, basically, and that's his push leg. They expect him uh, to miss about two weeks if it's a grade one, um, maybe a little longer because it's his push leg. But uh, you know, immediately, and I know Cobb was disputing whether he'd need to go on the aisle immediately after the game, but when the team does it that quickly, you know, even with a double header, come on. They've got like 15 pitchers on the active roster. Yeah. How badly do you really need that extra pitcher? But uh, there you go. That That's what they want to do. So uh, they're, they're uh, putting him on there. That's the problem with Cobb. And this is unrelated yeah. to his other injuries, but you hate seeing it right away like this. Absolutely. We've already seen both sides of him, right? He came out with the increased velocity, really good results, lots of strikeouts. He was cruising along today. And then an injury crops up. And that's been a consistent problem for him as injuries throughout his career. This one's especially annoying because it was at the beginning of a two-start week. He's mm-hmm. supposed to start Sunday against the Nats. So you don't get that second start now. I mean, if, if all goes well, maybe you just sit him next week and then he's back in your lineup the following week. That who, would be who, the best case scenario. Who replaces Cobb in the rotation? Well, that's a good question. I haven't, uh, since it's so fresh. You have not committed their, their depth chart to memory, including the organizational, like long, long-term depth chart. Come on. I haven't. So while I pull that up, do you have an idea of who replaces him in the rotation? Well, I was pulling it up while you, that's why I was asking you the question <laughs> there, but, uh, uh, well, it's not Matthew Boyd. He's going to be out for, you he's know, not he's ready. Not, he's not ready. It might be captain. It might be a bullpen start that day. But like be, Tyler Beatty's in their bullpen. Yeah, you could Maybe. go Sammy Long is another yeah. guy. Yeah, Sam Long makes sense. Or a combination. Sam Long throws three innings, Tyler B throws two. There's your start. Yeah. Yeah. Could be something like that. Yeah. Long's only thrown, pitched in two outings so far this season. Only thrown one and a third. That might actually work against him in a way for this because he's yeah. not stretched out at all. BD has gone multiple innings. Uh, uh, he's gone four innings and two outings, so – Seems like he's got a little longer. Like, I mean, granted, it's it's Johnny Holstaff, regardless of which of those two. But maybe Beatty can go three and long go two, something of that nature there. But uh, we'll see how they they adapt here the other way. Uh, and the thing is uh, that that that's, but that's something they're going to have to deal with there. 
Yeah, I mean, they are, they're also on the East Coast all week, and the weather on the East Coast this week is sketchy. So they've already had one yeah. rain, rain out yesterday. If they get one more this week, they might be able to skip that spot. Looks miserable everywhere there. Uh, you know, yeah. Cleveland, they got postponed again today. Yeah. Uh, you know, it looks really stinking cold in all these uh, cities. Chicago's looked cold all along. Uh, you miss it, right? I, I totally miss it. Uh, you know, who I, I miss the seasons, Fred, except for when it's April and it's still cold. No, I don't miss that at all. Um, although it was weird. We had a, a weekend in early April where it's 99 here. So that was that was too much the other extreme but i take uh, it i take it right about now i bet you would toronto is not warm right now weird strange yeah slightly above the freezing mark the last few days um i know scott pianowski has been complaining about his lack of golfing and the yeah. fact that it's snow it snowed where in where he is in michigan yesterday it snowed at my house too yeah um it's always cold in april like we go through this every year i think too with teams and yeah. rain outs and it's annoying and then may comes along and this all settles down but for the giants it could work to their advantage if they did have one rain out sometime this week and were able to skip uh Cobb spot without using that bullpen day right if they don't have to do another double header there yeah um but uh yeah sean davis he's in the same boat as me i'm also a former chicagoan and he misses how little he misses chicago and how much he loves new orleans so uh yeah uh i i miss chicago that's the difference i do miss chicago i love chicago um had a great time there uh you know Good, good 10 years of my life there. And I thought I'd always go back and I'm not, but, uh, that, that, that's and okay you can too. miss a city without missing the weather, I guess. Exactly. I can yeah. still go visit it and that's visit right. my friends in the uh, summer. And that's what I'll do. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. Even in the early autumn, that's fine. Yes. Just, yes. April is just a bad time to go visit. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, by the way, I'm wearing these Kansas city moose, uh, t-shirt, uh, courtesy of Anthony gelati. Uh, he is uh NFBC player, frequent uh, listener and commenter on the podcast. So uh, uh, Gialdi, excuse me. I, I, I even asked him how to pronounce it. Then I butchered anything. Anthony <laughs> Gialdi. Uh, thank you for the t-shirt. It's pretty awesome. So uh, anyways, I did live in Kansas as well. So uh, at one point I missed that less than I missed Chicago uh, for what it's worth. I never lived, lived in KC though. So that's the difference, um, which, and by the way, there's Kansas city, Kansas. Don't, don't think I'm trying to get that wrong or anything like that. Um, anyways, Going back to tying everything full circle here. So a couple other things, you know, a couple other the trade tip hints besides, uh, you know, tar- you know, besides just like, you know, you doing the, all the legwork ahead of time, you know, identify like those who have surplus. I think that's actually a really good idea. It's like try to, you know, even though you're you, you may not be balanced yourself, but try to find someone who will be looking to trade. will be looking to have an extra of one thing or a shortage of another. Again, doing the legwork, looking at the other players' rosters. I think that's super important as well. Yeah, I mean, labor is a great example, right? If I was looking for a closer, um, like like you would be a great fit, right? You have right now, you have three. Uh, if we count Gallegos, which has been good since we talked last week, he's had a couple saves. Robertson's going good. Class A is a closer. Like, like you right now have three closers. Are you going to have three closers all year? I don't know. But right now you have three closers, which means you'd probably be more open-minded trading me a closer if I wanted one than, than a lot of the other teams in the league. And at least try to start with someone who has a surplus. You know, if you go look at your league standings right now and someone in your league has a, already has a six steal or eight steal lead on everybody else, you know, even if that's a little inflated, maybe it has like a Jose Altuve who already has two. And it's probably only going to have five or six or something like that. Um, 
But if someone has a lead in one of the categories, first of all, they probably have talent in that category. And second of all, you know, you can go to them and say, Hey, you're, you're already starting to pull away in steals. You know, are you interested in, in trading me someone who can steal some bases for my team? So I think that you just want to get people who are in a, a place where they'll have an open mind to making an April trade. And yep. that's one way to do it. Absolutely. A uh, couple other injury moves that have happened since the start of the show, actually. Uh, the Reds put two guys on the IL in Jonathan India and Mike Moustakis. India, he got hurt on Thursday night, and they kind of were day-to-day, day-to-day. Uh, okay, maybe he'll come back Sunday. No, maybe he'll come back Monday. No, but we're going to decide by tomorrow. Well, they decided finally uh, that he is on the IL. They can only backdate it three days, so that's one extra day they wasted there. But uh, – the Reds offense is in a bad way right now. They are a really awful offensive team right now. Are the Reds someone you would really target with streaming starters 100%. until India's back until India's back at least? Even when India is back, I think I would still target them. Uh especially when they're on the road. Maybe not in Cincinnati, but you know, Votto is slumping. Tommy Pham broke out of it yesterday finally. He had his first hit on Saturday night. Uh that's a game I went to, by the way. Uh so I got to see Hunter nice. Green pitch. That was cool. But he got Fam's first hit came in the ninth inning of Saturday night, like their ninth game. Now he missed a couple of games uh, with an injury, but he was off to a terrible start. But yesterday went to uh, San Diego. He's on his starting off his quote unquote revenge tour uh, because he played for the Padres. You call it your revenge tour, and then you wonder why you're getting booed. But anyways, um, he homered in his first at bat. Had a double in his second. Later had a single. You know. Good, finally had a good set of at-bats, so maybe he's breaking out of it. But this is still just an awful lineup. I mean, you look at that lineup on a daily basis, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to use a, a pitcher. I used Joe Musgrove tonight in uh, Tout Wars Daily. Are you doing Tout Daily? I'm not. I've never uh, actually done – I've never done Tout Daily before. Por no? Why not? I don't know. I, I don't know. I just – you know me. I'm always – I always kind of limit how many things I, I put my hands in. So – yeah, like I've got, this, I've got this year, like my 10 fantasy teams or whatever it is. And then okay. I feel like that's all, all I want to do. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, I I'm careful with how many things I get involved with and uh, I've never gotten into tote daily. I probably should. It's probably not as much time or work as I think it is. No, it's not. You put together a lineup on Tuesday and Friday, basically, and not every Tuesday, not every Friday. So it's, it's, it's pretty easy and you know, you don't have to manage it. You just put it in and then yeah. go root for your team. Yeah. Uh, Go on, but I used Joe Musgrove tonight in Tau Daily uh, against the Reds. And Before we used, leave your Reds, Joey yeah. Votto. I got asked this question on Twitter. Could you drop Joey Votto in a 12-team league? No. Nope. Nope. What if it was a Yahoo league where the benches are really small? No. I mean, do, What if it's you, a Yahoo league that doesn't have corner infield spot? Now no, but... Then I'm, then I'm, at least I'm thinking about finding a bench spot for him. Now, if it, the problem is, you know, there's so many pitchers getting hurt right now that chances are you have some, some red on your roster right now too. And that's the, the, the trouble short benches. Although in a Yahoo league, you usually have at least two IL spots uh, to kind of accommodate that for a little bit. Um, friends and family, we have two IL spots. Uh, now we don't have, that's not a lot. You know, we, there, there are leagues that we have more than two injured players, but uh, nonetheless, no, after what Votto did last year, no way, no way am I cutting him. I, I said that if it was a, like I say, like a 12 team head to head. So there's, there's only really need to have 12 first basemen. Then I think you could consider it. I don't know if Votto was in my top 12 first baseman on, on draft day. Um, I don't think he was, um, but I said, and he has, he's obviously started slowly in the lineup looks weak. So 
you were an emphatic no. So does that mean you're a buy low on Votto guy? Apparently right I now. am. Apparently because there I aren't going to be people who are going to look at him and say he's 38. He's got a are you game. selling? Do you have Votto this year? I have no Votto. There, there was kind of – someone was asking me about this the other day. Like Jeff Zimmerman was. And I said there was kind of a clump of first basemen that went in the pick 150 range. And I had him kind of at the bottom of the clump. So I ended up with a lot more of Anthony Rizzo. Um, and some of the other first basemen, and not as much of Votto. Well, no yeah. Votto. Well, in yeah, I mean, in labor, I actually missed out on that clump entirely, and I'm starting Trey Mancini there, so I can improve. I think Votto would be still be an improvement. And he, the thing is, I only have one other first base eligible guy, and that's Tyler Stevenson, who I'm not actually, I'm obviously not going to use at first base. Uh, so. I'm buying Votto. If the labor owner, the the labor manager that has Votto, uh, come talk to me. I'll 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 trade for Votto again. So fast, I'll make your head spin. I, I'll I probably think- I I I will have something better than Ian Kennedy to offer too. That's Ryan Bloomfield. So he's got Votto in his corner spot. So there's there's your man to contact after we finish recording. And right. He's got Paul Goldschmidt at first, so he doesn't really need. He's got some multi-position guys on his team. He's got Rowdy Telez on his bench, so he doesn't really need to get a first baseman back. Closer for Votto. Here we go. Let's, go. let's go. Let's go. Definitely. I mean, There you go. I'm playing matchmaker tonight. You are. So you couldn't do it with me. You know, you couldn't trade with me, but, you know, okay, fine. You, you found you found a perhaps a willing trader. I'm using... Trey Mancini and I've in, in my first base slot, and I got Jonathan VR in a corner slot. So, yes, I can improve. I can definitely upgrade there. there definitely go. have room to upgrade. I have room to upgrade a lot of spots. I have a lot of slumpers right now. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr., uh, Kyle Tucker is often such a bad start there. Yeah. But, yes. Uh, um, I, yeah, I'm not worried about Kyle Tucker. Uh, I'm not either. No. And I'm not worried about Dylan Carlson, who's off to a terrible start, too. I'm not worried about Witt, even. Um, I, I think there's maybe a little bit more reason to worry about wit, but just a little bit, not even that much. With Carlson, are you worried that the slow start will just get him put back at the bottom of the lineup at some point? Maybe, but I think even then it'll be temporary. Right. Um, I, I, it might be just a get him going sort of thing. Right. Yep. That's no. quite possible. Or they put him at the bottom of the lineup, then he starts hitting better and they're like, Hey, maybe he's more comfortable down here. I always hate it when uh, they do that. I do too. Maybe he's more comfortable down here. Oh, okay. Sure. I've fallen into that trap before. The 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 order doesn't dictate the hitter. The hit hitter dictates the order. I mean, right. it, Jonathan India didn't become a better hitter last year because he let off. His skills made him a good leadoff hitter. I mean, I think that's the difference. Yes, and double uh, circling all the way back to India going on the IL, Mustakas going on the IL late next week. So on the weekend series next week, they go to Coors. So all you care if you have India or Mustakas on your team is that they're back, especially India, is that they're back off the IL in time for that Coors series. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, We'll talk, I want to talk about Coors and the run scoring environment generally, but first got to share a quick sponsor note from Vivid Seats. Baseball is back. That's right. An entire glorious season, all 162 games. And with live events resuming, you can actually be there to catch all the person, all the action in person with vivid seats. Every backdoor slider, every round tripper, every doubleheader can be experienced live. And with vivid seats rewards, you can start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Just buy, collect stamps, and redeem. It's that easy. From behind the dugout to upper level, vivid seats has you covered for all the games that matter to you. 
Pro tip, buy tickets for your whole group. Split the bill and make progress towards your free ticket even faster. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. I actually used Vivid Seats on Saturday night to go watch the Reds and Dodgers. Uh, and nice. Worked out well. Very easy uh, to do it. Just everything is on your your the mobile app, and you just you have to man, just walk right in after that show and your your online ticket. So it worked out well. You used them for a Jays game last year, so it's a good app. We use it. We like it. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's talk. So you mentioned Coors Field, and I just you want to use that launch point. It's not that Coors necessarily is terrible, but you know. It, we haven't had those bonkers games in cores yet and scoring in baseball as a whole is way down going into today. Batting averages were at 233 at first weekend is 222, but that was just like first three days, top starters, et cetera. But still it's kind of stabilized at low, low two thirties. Jason Klett uh, wrote about and collect calls over the weekend on RotoWire, which you can check out rotowire.com slash try. If you don't already subscribe, get that free 10 day trial, check out Jason's article. It's really good. Uh, but Joe Sheehan wrote about it in his newsletter today. Can't get you a free comp on that, but just go to joesheehan.com and subscribe to the newsletter. It's really good. Uh, home runs are way down. Uh, it was like 1.22 per team last year uh, per game. It's 0.96 this year and falling. Uh, I think Sunday there were 15 homers in 14 games. We talked about the weather. Sure, certainly some of that is there, but it's also the ball too. It's, it's absolutely the ball. Todd Zola did some work. Joe Sheehan has done some work illustrating that first 300 games last year versus first 300 games this year, it's a big drop, even though, you know, exit velocities are similar. You're just getting less distance per exit velocity. Yeah. Well, they've put like, like I would have given the knee jerk reactions. And I do think these are always part of the story. Like I do think we go through this every year where the weather's not as good in April, but then also the pitching staffs are healthier in April. Like you have more not every team has a competent rotation right now but more of them do right we right. see pitchers kind of bite the dust as through the first half of the season and there's so many teams it feels like down the stretch that are just rolling out you know one bad pitcher after another um so between the pitching staffs being better it does seem like it takes hitters a little while at the start of the season to get their timing down which i think every year i feel like at the start of the year there are a lot of low batting averages um but i haven't done the research on the ball and if they have and if they say that um that the balls aren't carrying as far this year as compared to last year, last year at the beginning of the year, were they using the leftovers from the 2020 well, season? So that's the problem is, you know, they're not telling us, but there right. were two, de there was definitely the new ball. There was definitely the crackdown on the sticky stuff. And then the second half of the season, it sounded like they were using both, uh, both of them there a little bit. Uh, you mentioned like the, the lack of attrition in the rotations. It's also true in the bullpen. Look at the Padres yep. as an example last year, how they burned out so many relievers. And you start getting those guys, you start getting into digging deeper into like call-ups and, th and things of that nature. And sometimes you find some, find some gems, but you also find a bunch of other uh, pitchers that uh, are, don't deserve to, don't belong there. I wouldn't say yep. deserve. That's the wrong yeah, word. Yeah. Don't belong there. They're clearly overmatched. You look at the Reds bullpen right now and all the tack on runs are giving up. I mean, that's going to, becomes more true elsewhere all that's true and yet i still think it's uh i think we've had a, a overall perhaps i want to say permanent change but a significant structural change too and i think that's true i think that's a problem sean mentions the shorter spring uh, spring is hurting hitters could be hurting hitters hit hurts pitchers too probably 
in terms of how long they can go into games. Yep. Uh, humidor in all 30 ballparks is another issue. I mean, there's yep. a medley of issues right now, but uh, I, 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 I want to see more offense. I'm, I'm looking up, like I've got my uh, grid channel up here on direct TV and I'm counting one, two, three, three of the, three of the seven are zero, zero still. Uh, we do have, you know, including one of those games in the fourth inning with, with the great starter starting pitching matchup of, and wait for it, it's 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 a real butte this time. Joan Adon and Tyler Gilbert making a spot start. That that's not good, not great, Bob. No, I I don't think it's good for the game to have, and I don't mind a good pitcher's duel, but that's not a pitcher's duel. What you no. what you just described. Um, I, I, I don't, yeah, actually, it's funny that you mentioned this. I just watched, uh, not for the first time, but just happened. Uh, there was a rain out last night and or yesterday. Anyways, I ended up rewatching the Maguire Sosa ESPN 30 for 30. Okay. And, um, I like, I like all the 30 for 30s. It's not my favorite or anything, too. but it's fine. But it just took me back. That was about the first year that I played fantasy and just the stats, not just from those two guys, obviously, like the stats. And I know this, they were steroid fueled from some of the guys, but just a baseball environment where there was a lot of offense. There was also a lot of, there were also plenty of strikeouts. It was, it was really exciting. Yeah. And, well, and also keep in mind where, you know, there might've been a lively ball then too. And there was expansion. And that also is a huge factor in terms of, you know, yes. you add, add 30 more pitchers to the pool. All of a sudden, whew, it's a lot easier to hit. Weird, strange. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I think we could use some more offense to um, hopefully it picks up. It will pick up. It's just to what degree it's going to pick up. And will it pick up to say even the point it was at last year? You combine the lack of runs with also the lack of balls being put in play. Because it's not like teams are just stranding base runners. They're not getting base runners. And yep. and it's, yeah, it's not a great game. By the way, there's one team in baseball, one, that has an 800 OPS so far this year. You want to take one guess who it is, and it makes perfect sense, and it's not a good lineup. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's not a good lineup. Uh, in my opinion, it's not a good lineup. The Rockies? Yeah, because they played 8 yeah. out of 10 at home. Yeah. So they played Coors Field remains undefeated in helping hitters. And they beat they, up on the Rangers for a couple games. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. And then third place is the Cubs. Also not an amazing lineup because they just finished four games. Four games. Field. In fact, it's so funny. I was watching uh, Cubs and Rays yesterday because it was, I think, the first game that wasn't postponed in the evening yesterday. And uh, they, they did this little thing like, hey, uh, like the lead into the show, like, hey, the Cubs are leading baseball and batting average. Here's some keys of how they're doing it. And I was like, four games in Coors? Two, yeah. three games against the Pirates? Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do yeah. it pretty easily. Yeah. So, I mean, th- those things are going to drop. It's a good reminder for fantasy managers that, like, don't get carried away with some of your Rockies and some of your Cubs. You know, they may not produce yeah. at this level all season. Um, yeah. I just, like, just thinking back to, like, it's all the things. We're not getting base runners. We're not getting runs. We're not getting stolen bases, which are fun for fans like just looking at the Cubs they've played 11 games they're one of the better offensive teams in baseball so far this year top three in batting average they've got one stolen base like yeah. I, again I, I get that steals don't manufacture runs like we used to think they do but they're they are fun and they are exciting so well, and doubles and triples and singles are down uh yes. generally and guess what you know the, the the manufacturing runs is not just the stealing. It's every it's all the little hits, and we're getting fewer hits. I mean, it goes back to the batting average point here, and you know the pitching is just so much better. Look, Joe's piece talked about the average fastball velocity keeps going up and up. You know, it's over ninety three yep. miles an hour. All all pitchers in baseball, the average fastball velocity is ninety three. That's not something you saw in uh in, in the eighties and nineties. You, you you were lucky to find two guys that could throw ninety three, let alone an average. Yes, and that I think. Jeff Zimmerman pointed it on Twitter the other day that I think it was the Jays had faced so maybe like two or three days ago, but the Jays up to that point had faced an average fastball velocity. I think it was in the high 94s That's so crazy. far this season. Like they were at the top of the league as far as what they had faced an average fastball velocity. So yeah, that's putting a tremendous amount of pressure on hitters and it's leading to, to less trips on base. I don't know exactly what the answer is. You could just juice the ball again. So they hit more home runs. Yep. If, if that, that's not going to get you, a dynamic base running, you know, you know, stealing bases going, you know, going first to third on a single. It's not going to get you plays at plays out at second base plays at third base. It's not going to get you that kind of game. It would get you more runs. At least if you want to do that, you'd need probably more drastic changes, like changing the mound or something to do any, to try to get back to like old, old time baseball. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, you got to, yeah, it, it's, it's got to change the pitching somehow to change, reverse this course. And it's, there are no easy answers because it's going to mess up the pitchers. I mean, it's hard to pitch too, but just a lot of the technical advancements have been on the pitching side, as Joe also pointed out in the article yeah. too. And that that's the thing that's changed a little bit here. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, I, the last year uh, for, if you wanted to hit 90th percentile or, you know, eight, excuse me, 80th, 80th percentile, in batting average in like the NFBC was you need a 261 average uh, for your team. That would put you at like 95th percentile this year. Um, it it's already, it's, it's just, it's affecting our fantasy leagues on a disproportionate basis. You got a 240 hitter. That that's an average average hitter hitting for average pit hitter. Now uh, he doesn't kill you Two two ten doesn't even destroy you. It's, it's annoying, but it doesn't destroy you. Yeah. There are currently six teams hitting under two ten six. So the Diamondbacks are hitting 157. Oh, as a team, the Orioles have four home runs so far oh. this season. Those are just, and none of those teams are last in OPS. Right, your, your Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, yep. 181 batting average, 541. They're OPS. a tough watch. They're a real tough yeah. watch. I mean, I enjoyed watching Hunter Green. That was fun. Uh, he is man. fun. Yeah. Yeah. He threw 39 pitches, 100 miles an hour or more out yeah. of his 80 pitches. And it looks easy. It doesn't look like he's, stra- he's they're, they're straining. Now, I'm sure it's just he's got a smooth delivery. Uh, and I don't want to go, you know, and he's already been hurt before. So I'm not going to try to make the mark prior. You know, he's not going to yeah. get hurt with that delivery uh, claim or anything like that. But it was fun to watch. He, he was super fun to watch. It's just then the Reds had to hit and that wasn't so fun. <laughs> At least they didn't hit for long. So you could get back to that game flew pitch. by. Just yeah flew by and yeah. it, it, it was Saturday night traffic, 51,000 people going to Dodger stadium, you know, Dodger fans don't suck. Dodger stadium traffic sucks. It took up. We left two hours before I live like 15 minutes away from maybe 20 minutes away from Dodger stadium. We left the house two hours before the game had to make one stop to pick up my daughter's boyfriend. Um, and we still, we were projected to get there an hour and 20 before the game. According to Google maps, we got in the second inning. What? That, yes. Uh, just the traffic into the stadium itself, the stadium parking lots was miserable, just awful. I took a picture from the upper deck where I was sitting. Third inning, you see all these cars, you know, jammed up, not just streaming in, but inching into the parking lots. People were still entering the game in the fifth inning, and it was a quick game because the Reds had no hits. Uh, yeah. It was zero zero going into the sixth inning in that game. So uh, you know, wasn't many pitching changes. No public until later. transit options for you guys? Uh, they're terrible. No, okay. hardly, hardly, especially getting up the hill to the stadium itself. Uh, you can take it like into the city and then take a bus in, but then you're stuck in the same traffic. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's really bad. Uh, I, I haven't, maybe there, there's an intrepid listener out there that has figured out a, a way to beat the mess, beat, beat the system. I haven't figured it out yet, except for like leave, you know, get there for batting practice, but yeah. that's not feasible when you're going with your family. Sometimes I'm going with my buddies. Sure. More time to drink beer. It's all good. Ride your bike. The weather's good. Maybe ride your bike there. And park it where? Exactly. I don't know. Isn't there a spot to put your bike? I haven't seen one. Uh, uh, always, not, I'm not denying it exists. Uh, there's always a tree you can lock your bike up to. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the bike thieves never have a problem defeating that lock or anything <laughs> like that. Right. Hey, um, I just said ride your bike to the stadium. You might have to walk home. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Let's switch topics. You're Last week, you were the Stephen Kwan guy. This week, you're the Taylor Ward guy. Sell me on him. Um, well, 
Joe Madden says he's going to be his everyday right fielder. He said that before Taylor Ward got hurt. And then since Taylor Ward's been back, he has been his everyday right fielder. And Mm -hmm. so far, he's hit third, fourth, and second in the lineup. So I know some of him moving around is related to Mike Trout not being there. And one day, Anthony Rendon wasn't there. Um, But it seems like Madden is going to give him a real shot to not only play every day, but also to hit in the primary, you know, spots in the lineup. So, and Ward is someone who's like, he hasn't certainly hasn't broke out in the majors yet, but his results last year, they weren't bad. Like he didn't look overmatched. I'm just pulling up his OPS from last year was 769. Yeah. So that's like, like you're holding your own in the majors at 769. Um, you go back and look at his minor league career. He, he's not young. Like he's already 28 years old. So he's certainly not a prospect, but um I forget exactly what I put in, but it was his last 122 minor league games. So that was 2019 season and then a brief time in the minors last season before he was uh, either injured or with the Angels. Um, in that time, he had something like in 122 games, something like his 27 homers and 16 steals or something like that. So there's 27-11 like, in 2019. Right. Juice ball, then, but it's the happy fun ball year. And then it was he had even a little happier bit- and more fun in AAA too. For sure. So, so I'm not expecting him to do those things, but if it, it's a little bit like Stephen Kwan where, except maybe with a little more power and speed, maybe not quite the contact skills, but it's a similar theory. of if Ward can keep a spot in the top four in a lineup that includes Otani, Trout and Rendon and can hold his own there, if he could have a 769 OPS, which is just exactly what he did last year, and hitting the top four in that lineup, he's going to get you plenty of runs in RBIs. And if he yeah. can throw in, if he could throw in a half a dozen steals, um, he's already got one since he came back, and he's already have one has one home run. If he can throw in a half a dozen steals, and last year he had eight homers in 208 at bats. So if he could get, I don't know, can he be a 20 homer guy? Like, if you take eight, you take eight and 200, eight and 208, that's about 20 and 500 at bats. So could he be a 20 homer guy, a 20 homers, six or seven, six, 20 homers, six steals. That sounds pretty good to me, especially hitting top four in that lineup. Now there's a chance that he just doesn't hit well. And then in a few days he's hitting eighth and none of this works out. But I think he's someone just based on what Madden has said about him and where he's put him in the lineup right now, who seems to have a lot of upside. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I think, uh, and you got them, what, for seven? The bids were four, four, and three. So at least you tempered your enthusiasm compared to your Quan bids from the week before, at least. So you learned your lesson a little bit there yep. in terms of reading the league. Maybe not necessarily reading the player, but reading the league. Although Quan has slumped since slumped since uh, he faced real teams and not the Reds and the Royals. But um, that that's my working theory. Not the fact that it was 29 degrees and snowing in Cleveland or anything like <laughs> that over the weekend. But, um, you know, uh, you, you you can, uh, but 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 that that is one of those things where you look at it there. You, you can you can look at that there and uh, see that. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to multitask here and not working very well. <laughs> well, but. I can jump in actually and say that I not only grabbed him for seven out of a hundred in our labor league, but I also grabbed him both of my NFBC um, money fab leagues for about eighty five. So he was in my, I, and I was more around 75 or so. Yeah. So I, and, I, and he was, went for a similar rate. So, you, you know, I tried, but I, yeah. I, cause especially cause you know, everyday player middle of that lineup, that's pretty good. So that, that, that's yeah. pretty decent. I think also like we just talked a lot about how hitting is really 
bad so far this year. And we do think it's going to come around. We just don't know to what degree it's going to come around. Now, the NLDH should add a volume of hitters that we haven't had before because we haven't had a 162-game season where every team has a DH before. Um, but at the same time, if the hitting's bad, maybe getting hitters who are reasonably good off waivers will become really precious. I feel like we went through that for a few years where pitching was really bad, right? And mm-hmm. like the happy fun ball time where pitching was really bad and man, and, and pitchers weren't throwing a lot of innings too. And if you could get any starter who was reliable off waivers, you were like, Oh my gosh. Right. Like, like there's not many of those coming through waivers in, in that particular environment. Who yeah. knows? We'll see how this year goes, but maybe the hitters, at least good ones will be harder to find. It won't be hard to find guys who get played appearances, but find hard to find guys who actually do something with them. Well, yeah. Uh, and I think early on those uh, opportunities probably present themselves more often than they do later in the season too. Well, you never know. Susugo came and Schwindel were got key pickups for me last year that emerged mid, mid to late season. So it can still work, but then again, having them for five and a half months is huge too. So that that's also yeah. a pretty pretty big aspect of that. There, Mackenzie Gore went for twenty nine bucks in our league because we drafted in February. This is before, well, they were there even was spring training, let alone good spring training results. So we had no idea, you know, that Gore had fixed himself somehow. So he was he was a uh, heavily contested bid. Tim McLeod, our pro, our resident, you know, uh, who likes to draft guys when they're like fourteen. Uh, in, our, in this league so it's not a surprise he was all over gore uh but he won him for 29 there were bids for 16 13 7 were you in on the bidding on him not really i might have been one of the threes or the twos or the ones and i, I like three gore. i was a three myself okay um i like Sorry to interrupt you. go ahead no actually this might relate back to us talking about the environment like i i like gore but just on sunday so i was interested in gore um, I was interested in Justin Steele, who I have in some other leagues who you got um, mm-hmm. for three. I was either a two or a one failed bid on him. I grabbed Eric Fetty, who I was a little bit interested in, um, who's off to a decent start. I grabbed him for a dollar. I was interested in Michael Lorenzen, who went for, I think, four. Uh, I think I had a one dollar bid on him. I was not really interested in Paul Blackburn, but maybe I had like a mild interest in him. I had a one dollar bid on Blackburn. Yeah. So and then I was and then I, I ended up grabbing Hansel Robles, who I didn't think I would get for three, um, but I squeaked him out. There were three failed bids of two. Um, there's a lot more for people who don't play it. Like there's way more tied or almost tied bids in our labor league with that hundred dollar budget, obviously, than there is in the NFBC. Um, yep. So so every dollar when you think about changing your bid a dollar, it does often really matter. Like you got Justice Steele for three. I guess we don't know who you beat. Someone bid two. It depends where you were in the standings right. and where that guy was in the standings on Sunday night. So um, anyways, so I like, like I like Gore. I just didn't feel good about spending that much on a pitcher when there was a whole bunch of other pitchers I liked. Whereas on the hitting side, like I liked Ward and I didn't see a lot of other hitters that I was really that interested in. Correct. And uh, you know, I, I get that there. Uh it's less, it's obviously it's less granular because we only have a hundred instead of a thousand and you know, no $0 bids, no trading of bids. Uh, I mean, trading of fab dollars. Yeah. Every dollar matters a lot more. So for sure, uh, it, it, you know, going the decision to go three, it's like, that's one less player I'm getting in September. You know, uh, that, that yeah. if you look at it from that, that standpoint, I yeah. was thinking, what would Fred bid here? Okay. Fred would bid two, but I'm going to go Fred plus one here. <laughs> yeah. So I can get it. I, I am. Uh, I'm actually trying to be, a little less cheap early in the season this year. I yeah. think that's maybe somewhere where I oh, have room to at least 
maybe be better or at least be different and see how it works. So with guys like Quan and Ward, I'm trying to go out and get without bidding like $300. I'm trying to go out and get the guys I want early in the season. And like I said, I, I I'm really focused maybe right now on deepening my, my hitter group while we sort through, you know, who comes out of these early season slumps. And I'm trying to upgrade my pitchers maybe more through volume through adding a couple guys every week until I really hit on someone I like. Yeah. It sounds like a good plan. Um, I, I think that makes a lot more sense to go ahead and do it that way. Yeah. Um, going to talk some other news and notes, but before we do that, a uh, quick note uh, from our other sponsor, better edge bet against others with no fees involved. That's right. No pesky hidden fees to ruin your day. That's right. Harley. No, no of those hidden fees. You don't like <laughs> better edge is a social betting marketplace where there's no fee on each transaction. Better Edge is a social betting marketplace, and chances are it's legal in your state. We bring betting back to its social roots where you can like, comment, and challenge other users all within the app. Play without getting played at Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com to sign up today. Uh, yeah, that, thanks for the cameo from Harley the dog, who is a total mama's boy when – my wife, Kim, leaves his site. He goes crazy in the late afternoon because it's walking time. And she's the one that gives him the afternoon walk. I do the morning walks. And uh, so there you go. That's not, not, that's why you hear the yipping dog, who's not a tiny little yipper dog either. He's just a Nancy boy. So uh, there you go. Little little fun facts there. All right. I have Cody Bellinger in a couple key places, including Labor, also one of my two NFBC main event leagues and a couple others as well. Uh, not playing tonight, by the way, uh, against uh, Max Freed. I think it's just giving a day off against the lefty. But homered yesterday, had a pretty good week. You know, I'm not, I'm not convinced he's fine, but I'm pretty pleased with the, the latest turnaround. A couple stolen bases in there, too. Yeah, the stolen bases are a great way to to boost up his, his early season value. Yeah, looking at his numbers, like, so strikeout rate's still not good, which is a big concern with him. Like, his strikeout rate was really bad last year it's actually very slightly worse so far this year so that's not great um yeah. babbitt's 364 this is in an environment where we aren't getting a lot of high babbitt's that's that's 80 points higher than his career babbitt so um yeah i'm not sold yet i mean the one thing i will say is we know cody bellinger's really talented and maybe if he just gets off to a decent start this season mm-hmm. then like he can relax. And like, I felt like last year he was just always grinding. Like he's always either hurt or slumping and could never really get any flow. Like maybe just, just this might be enough for him to just relax and, 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 you know, and put out his a game. But at the same time, like, (coughs) sorry, looking at the advanced stats, uh, it doesn't look great. Like his stat cast at XBA is 249. I guess that's, that's livable for a power hitter who throws in some steals at least like that's like you said in this environment it doesn't hurt your team's batting average that much so i'm it's not, not what so, you I'm paid for so around well. pick 100 though you, you, well maybe that is what you paid yeah. for around 100 maybe like it, if it comes if it comes with 15 steals and yeah and 27 home runs or something then that would then maybe it is those 15 steals would be gold dude i mean yeah i, I they incrementally up by the way stolen base attempts are um steel successful stolen bases are about the same as last year there's a, f- a few more attempts so far this year okay. uh but just incrementally just barely yeah. by the way wonder the 15, the 15 steals 
it's a little, maybe a little high, but it could happen. Like yeah. 2018, 14, 2019, 15, 2026. Yeah. And if you extrapolate that out, that's basically 16 or so. So, I mean, the last year, everything sucked. So it, it could happen that that's where the value could really come with him. If he hits 250 with some power and 15 steals, you're, you're fine with where you took yeah. him. By the way, Wander Franco just hit his first homer of the year off of the aforementioned Justin Steele. Um, so maybe Steele's turning to rust a little bit there, but uh, I don't know. Uh, cold weather in Chicago again, too. I mean, the race just, they can get, they, they have like six days in a row in Chicago in this nasty weather. Like, why couldn't that series be in June, right? Yeah. Someone's got, I guess someone's got to go to Chicago in April and this year yep. they drew the short straw. Yeah. That's 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 exactly it. Uh, more notes from LA uh, versus Atlanta. Huascar, you know, got sent down after yeah. the start. You were going to ask if he's someone to drop. Answer is yes. Now easy call obviously. now. Yeah, yeah, they made it. They answered that for us there. Now the Braves were going with six starters, so I guess that kind of also takes care of that a little bit. Kyle Wright is in. Yeah. Um. So is Bryce Elder, who is which is a little bit of a surprise. For sure. And and I think you know what could still have a stretch this season where like he's helpful in fantasy leagues. Like he was he was very good last year. Yeah, he was when he wasn't injured. Um when he wasn't fighting inanimate objects. That's uh, right. And losing. Yeah. yeah. But he just came out like he's basically walking a batter per inning. They can't yeah. have that. He's a young he's still a really young pitcher. Like he's twenty three, almost twenty four. Um, mm-hmm. you know, send him down for a month even and let him get straightened out and then bring him back up and give these other guys. I don't see much from Bryce elder to suggest that he's going to be a solution in their rotation. So, um, but maybe he gets a few more starts. Well, you know, it goes down to triple A and, and, you know, tries to get everything figured out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting watching this Braves Dodgers series. These are, you know, two memorable, uh, NLCSs in a row against each other. Uh, these are good teams and we'll probably see, you know, good chance. Both will make the playoffs again, although, you know, nothing is ever guaranteed in life, but these are these, especially once the Braves get Acuna back. But now that the Braves now have Kenley Jansen, the Dodgers now have Freddie Freeman, you know, it, it, it spices up that rivalry even more. Yeah. I think it's the Freeman thing. The Jansen, Jansen thing's fine. Like the Dodgers basically decided they didn't want Jansen anymore and the Braves yeah. picked him up as a short-term closer option. So I don't think there's much animosity there, but the Freeman thing is spicy. Like as far as like him, like it, it kind of seems in the end, like he didn't mind, like he was pretty happy maybe to leave Atlanta and, and go home to California and become a Dodger. Like he's been pretty openly excited and emotional about it. And I think yeah. that's rubbed some Braves the wrong way a little bit. And then the Acuna comments about yeah. Freeman, uh, recently where they asked him, what are you going to miss about him? And he said, nothing. Um, that's a, that I think has added, like you've got two of the better teams in baseball who should be continue to be so for the next few years. Um, so you've got a great rivalry on the field. Now you've yeah. got this Freeman thing and you've got this love hate for him from the brave side. I think that's got the potential to be a really nice rivalry. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Yeah. Um, I think both sides kind of protested a little too much. Freeman's like, well, they moved, they went and they traded for Olsen before I even, you know, accepted with the Dodgers. But at the same time, like, he didn't really push to go back to the Braves either. So I don't know. Yeah. I think both sides are like, oh, we wanted it to happen, but it didn't. And they almost played a political until politically correct until the Acuna comments. And then that changed things a little bit there. When, when Fre- I, I'm curious to see the reception when Freeman goes back to Atlanta. 
it was at least the Dodger fans treated Kenley well. I, I was I was glad for that. I'm a, I'm a yeah. Kenley fan. I, I really I think he's underrated for the course of his career. Yeah, and I think that and I think Kenley, yeah, is pretty straightforward as far as he gave everything he had to the Dodgers and yep. was a great closer for them for a while and a solid closer for a while. So uh, Dodgers fans shouldn't feel anything but love for him. And he would have been happy to come back to the Dodgers. They just didn't offer him yeah. <coughs> a contract. So um, he's pretty straightforward. I think the Freeman reaction in Atlanta will be mostly positive because like, he was their star player for over a decade. Right. And they did he delivered a World, World Series. Series. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but it seems like there's a maybe a bit of a there was a bit of a split in that locker room where maybe it might not have just been Acuna from some of his comments. Maybe some of the younger players. I was just going to say a generational gap. Yeah, didn't love his kind of old school, you know, be be seen and not heard when, until your fourth year in the league kind of mentality. So it, it does seem to be a bit of a generational gap. And I'm not going to hate on Freeman like he came up where that was kind of the way rookies were when he started right. 2010, 2011. But, um, but guys like Acuna aren't going to settle for that and good for them. That's not their approach to the game. And I hope that when Acuna is Freeman's age, he treats the young players in baseball the way he wished Freeman treated him. I think that's a great point. Yeah. And we'll see what happens uh, with that. I want to hop over to Philly. Uh, Bryce Harper dealing with elbow soreness. They have to DH him every once in a while, but that means Schwarber and Castellanos in the outfield. And <laughs> yeah, I don't think too many people really want to see that. Um, you look at the rest of that roster though, too. I mean, uh, you know, there, there's some Alec Bohm is playing third base again. Uh, the, in fact, the defensive alignment today has Castellanos in right field, Schwarber in left in course field, which is like huh. massive acreage out there. <laughs> Alec Bohm isn't back in the field. They finally, uh, Joe Girardi finally is convinced that he can uh, play the field again. His bat's so good, you kind of have to put him in there. Uh, but it, it, yeah, Reese Hoskins is not a good defender at first base. Didi can't throw. I mean, at shortstop, it's it's a bad defense here. And is that enough to make you change your mind on using some of these Philly pitchers? Like you're obviously using Aaron Nola, but beyond that. Does this change, or do you think it's not enough of a factor? Like, would this change your mind on a Ranger Suarez or Kyle Gibson start? It hasn't Zach yet. Wheeler? It has, uh, Zach Wheeler got crushed the other day. I don't know how much yeah. of that. I didn't get to watch that start, so I can't, argue, I can't like, attest to the defense, whether it was good or bad, or if that had anything to do with it. So um, I, I, I will, uh, I'll defer on that, but no, I've, I mean, I'm not starting Gibson this week because it's Coors Field, not because yeah. of the defense. Because yeah. um, <clears throat> he's exactly the marginal type of pitcher that I'm not going to start in those uh, situations yeah. anyhow. Uh, Suarez was really – I mean, Suarez had a bad first start, but that was the Alec Bohm game. That was the one where Bohm, you know, effing hate it here and all that uh, after he couldn't even throw the ball across the diamond. Apparently that's fixed now, or at least they think it's close enough to being fixed. But uh, – Suarez I was okay in his last start, like, and the fielding didn't let him down. He's better than marginal, and Wheeler. Obviously, you're rolling with Wheeler if you have him. I know he yeah. got crushed in his last start, but you just the op, just the investment you put into him. I think it'd be a knee jerk reaction to bench him at this point in time because of a bad start. So, I mean, no, I, I'm not changing really. I guess Zach Eflin and Kyle Gibson would be the only ones where I think about it, but. No, I'm probably not benching them either. If if the start's advantageous enough to begin with. 
Yeah. So, so I guess, yeah, your answer kind of for now, status quo, if it gets really out of hand with the defense, I guess you can always reevaluate in a couple of weeks, but for now you'll just, you know, they're not going to get any help from their defense, but you're still willing to start them if it's a matchup where you otherwise would have started them. Right. Right. I am worried about, are you worried about Harper? I mean, I've, I've got him in one of my two mains, uh, He's hitting 220. He's got the sore elbow. I'm not really worried about the numbers so far. Two homers, no. nine RBI, nine runs, and a stolen base. That's fine. Uh, but I, the elbow's already have an issue, and we're in week two of the season. That's bothersome. If you're in a trade league, would you consider trying to trade him? I think I'd hang on because I probably took him in the first round. So mm-hmm. I think I'd hang on, like, unless I got a really good offer. Like, I'd trade him for Kyle Tucker right now, who's, you know, like, playing really poorly but i'd rather just take a healthy kyle tucker and hope he turns it around for example i don't think anyone the guy who took tucker would probably make that deal but just off the top of my head um how about this would you trade harper right now for mookie Betts, who's been bad so far this year but is no. it seems healthy no i'd keep harper yeah so the if answer I, is if, you're just waiting this out if i was redoing the first round which alan soslowski wants me to do a video on that with him but okay. uh, maybe yeah if we were to redo the first round I would still take Harper before bets. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I think I would still take him ahead of Tucker too, to be honest, Um, because Tucker still might be Tucker might bat lower in the lineup. I mean, Harper was going before Tucker more often than not. There were occasions where it was flip flopped, but I mean, I mean, Tucker could still hit six a lot. I mean, I know he's not tonight, uh, but I, I don't think he is, at least. I, I remember seeing him batting. No, he is batting six tonight. I think yeah, it was yesterday that I think he batted second. Um, so, no, I, I prefer Harper still. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a possible trade right there. I, I think for me, knowing about the elbow, I would probably drop him down a few spots. Okay. Uh, would you trade Harper right now for Luis Robert? Yes, mm, maybe. He's already okay. got five steals. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Robert, come on down. Yeah. Uh, Rocket Robert, uh, and it's gonna get, and it's gonna get warmer in Chicago at some point too. Yeah, I would. Um, I absolutely trade Tucker for Robert. I, you know, I absolutely take Robert over Mookie at this point in time. So yes, I think if I was in that conundrum where I'm like sitting at seventh right now in the draft, yeah, Yeah. you know, the big five plus, uh, you know, Cole are gone. Yeah, and I, I Vladdy's in the big five again, by the way. Um, I'm taking Robert and I might take Robert over Vladdy if I'm really sweating the stolen bases. I think I'm taking Vladdy though. Yeah. Um, I know you weren't so earlier. I think, have, have you reversed your decision on that? Um, every time I watch the Blue Jays, I wish I had some Vladdy shares, but, <laughs> but which is every night. Um, yes. But no, I, I don't really regret, even though they're off to slower, like he's off to a slower start, I don't really regret taking Bichette over Vladdy just because I needed those. No, I, wanted I, wouldn't take those I wouldn't take Vladdy over Bichette. No, no. Um, I, I still kind of have Vladdy where I had him before, which is in that top seven or eight. I have Cole and Burns in there. Like I have him in that top. I would still have him in that top seven or eight. Okay. Uh, how about this one for Bryce Harper? Bryce Harper, or Raphael Devers, who's off to a really nice start. Mm, I mean, Saul's third base. The, th- the difference is, uh, is Devers really going to run at all? Um, he, he had, had five four last year. year. Or he had five, I had predict, I project, projected him for four this year. That was the difference. Yep. He had five, but got caught five times. Uh, hasn't attempted one this year. No, I think – I mean, it's tempting. Devers is awesome. So, close call there. 
close call. Devers did have more homers, runs, and RBIs than wait, he had more homers and RBIs and the same amount of runs yeah. as Harper last year. So Harper had a really numbers. low RBI total last year. I remember. Is this because the leadoff Phillies yeah. leadoff hitters were so bad last year? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, how about Harper versus Freddie Freeman? Still Harper? <coughs> Maybe Freeman. Yes. I, it's still Harper. I think. Because Freeman's healthy and in a really good lineup and yeah. off to a solid start. So you don't have to at least doesn't look like. I guess I'm really not downgrading Harper that much. Like, a no, spot. you're not. I, for yeah. most of these, most of these ones that we've just debated, the elbow would be enough for me to, because it's so slight. So the elbow would be enough for me to put all these other guys ahead of Harper and just make them like a mid second rounder if I was drafting again right mm-hmm. now. It, but only because he has a higher IL chance than every other hitter that we just mentioned, just by virtue of the fact that we that know he has, has something present right now. Yeah. Sure, of course. So just the concept that I might miss two to, I'm more likely to lose him for two to four weeks than any of these other hitters just makes me put him down behind all of them. I'll that's, probably put Machado ahead of him too. That's, that's fair. Um, can you act I had on Harper that? Where you had him before. Can you act on that? Do you have Harper anywhere? I have no Harper. Okay. But I think, I think it makes sense. I'm not there yet, but I yeah. think it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and this is something that'll swing in the next week, either in the next week, the el- he'll be back in the outfield and the elbow seems like it's not an issue anymore. And I guess then I might put him back in the first round discussion, mm-hmm. but, or in a week he's still DHing and then we've got a real problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. All right. One more guy I wanted to mention uh, in your list of slumpers. Uh, there's a whole lot of people under OPS of 400. I'm going to pick one of those. Uh, and that's Fran Mill Reyes. Dude looks not just, he's not just slumping. He is striking out. Like it's gone out of style. Have you, I mean, yep. I, I only have him in a couple leagues, but man, I'm concerned. Lowest OPS in baseball of any qualified hitter. 321. Yeah, that's right. And we're talking about a guy. One walk. Yeah. And we're talking about a guy with like zero speed component to his game. Right. So I guess he did steal four bases last year. I can't say zero speed, but basically he, you know, he's there to mash lowest OPS so far. So in theory, he's been the, in, like by some metrics, he's been the worst hitter in baseball so far this year. Keep Strike in mind, him. he's two batters behind St- the great Stephen Kwan and he has two RBI. So that, that gives you a sign right there. Yeah. 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 Or since I like to spend everything pro Stephen Kwan, think about how many runs Stephen Kwan would have scored. If Fran Mill had just been playing like his normal self so far. Nah, Ramirez knocked him in every time. Oh yeah. He probably did actually. Ramirez <laughs> on fire. You're right. He's on my labor team. He's been on fire. Jose um, Ramirez has been, has been very useful. He has. Um, back to Reyes. Yeah. His strikeout rate has always been bad. It was really bad last year. And then it's even worse so far this year. His walk rate is not usually good, but it's not horrendous this year. So far it is horrendous. Yeah. Everything's, Everything is wrong with Fran Mel Reyes right now. I think, like, I'm not dropping him in any leagues, but I'm, like, for sure, I think I need to bench him. In a 12, for sure. Yeah, it's hard to say. I, you know, obviously they haven't played a game this week. They've been uh, weathered yeah. out two days in a row. Yeah. And by the way, that that's a good thing if you've got Cleveland hitters right now because you don't want them hitting in this messy cold weather anyhow. You'd yeah. rather, although I, I say that, but they missed out on a Dallas Keuchel start, you know, instead – and. And, you know, Lucas Giolito is hurt right now. They don't have to face him, but they also don't have to face any pitcher in cold weather. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of a mixed bag as far as that goes. But they're going to make that game, one of those games up, at least when it's warmer weather, uh, presumably. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But, uh, yeah, it, sometimes you don't mind an April uh, 
cancellation if they make that game up in June. Yeah. Especially and, now that we don't have seven inning no hitters. I mean, no double headers. That's right. Yes. And Fran Mill could be a nice buy low right now. Like, hit, hit, so everything's wrong with him. Like, his XBA is 170. So it's not even like, like he, he, it's not even that he's been incredibly unlucky or something that like he's just been bad. Yep. That being said, um, he's been streaky before. I think he'll probably hit his way out of this when the weather warms up. He's the kind of guy who I think you can buy low on it. Realistically, it's hard to like, you could do it, but it's hard to buy low on like first round players, right? Like, because mm-hmm. people are often like, like married to those guys. They really wanted them. Um, yeah. Fran Mill's the kind of guy someone took in round 10. And if he's just really, really bad and the person's benched him, maybe you can go in and get him for pennies on the dollar and stick him on your bench for a couple of weeks and see if he comes around. So I think he's an interesting buy low right now. He also jams up your utility spot. Maybe someone's maybe That's someone's happy problem. to get rid of him for that. But maybe someone's happy to get rid of him for that reason. Yeah. I mean, he was going like 120 ADP. Uh, so maybe, yeah, get a 15th rounder for him. You know, trade a 15th rounder for him. You know. Baby yeah. profit. I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't even think I'd bench him. I think I'd probably just yeah. use him. I'd, yeah, stash maybe, him maybe. In, I'd stash him in my active lineup. And because you don't want to miss the first two good games. I, I just, I don't know. If you believe in him enough to trade for him, I just play him. Yeah. I, I think that makes sense. Yep. So, but yeah, I think he's the, the type of bylaw. Or he also, if you, because I'm always thinking about these trade angles, you know, if the person who has Fran Mill needs something else, you're like, ah, uh, Give me Fran Mill, right? Like the person who maybe you're looking to unload your David Robertson and your third closer, and you look at the guy's roster who wants him, and you're like, you know what? Give me Fran Mill. Now that would sound like highway robbery during draft season, even on opening day, even maybe after Robertson got his first save or two. But now that Fran Mill's struggling so much, maybe the person's like, you know what? This guy's causing me more headaches than I know what to do about. Sure, you can have him. I'm not saying we're quite there yet, but maybe we're going in that direction. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. We'll wait and see and find out that one. Maybe someone else will come flying at me with a Fran Mill trade offer now that yeah. I've expressed an interest there. Who knows? The benefits right. of listening to the end. Indeed. Indeed. Anything else you want to share before we sign off today? No, I think I'm good. I don't know. So you were checking the scores. How are my Jays doing right now? Uh, the great Zach Collins has homered again. Let's uh, go. It is one to one. Are you a okay. Zach Collins believer? Is this like, uh, is he finally unlocking that potential that was long feeded of him when he was a White Sox prospect? Uh, probably not. But if he did, you know what I mean? Like the Jays have a long history of unlocking power hitters. So including Tay Oscar. So, you know, going back to Encarnacion. So maybe it's not a bad setup for him now with Danny Jansen out for several weeks where, you yeah. know, he can kind of rotate in at a catcher, DH a little bit. They want a left-handed bat. If he's got, this is his chance. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And they, that was a like opening day trade. Basically they traded, uh, got yep. Collins for Reese McGuire. They wanted to get a little more left-handed. Maybe they also just wanted him. It's possible there. Um, yeah. And I think the white Sox wanted a little with Reese McGuire for the Jays was okay. Like as far as being like a true catcher who also plays fairly well defensively. So I think maybe the white Sox just wanted a little more of an all around catcher. Whereas the Jays with Kirk and Jansen felt like, and Moreno in the yeah. pipeline. I was just say there's like, crawling with power hitting catchers it's weird yes, yes. and jansen too i mean just he can hit. yes yeah. i know the the play for the jays i still think at some point is to trade kirk yeah. and it might be to trade jansen eventually but i think for now it probably is at some point is to promote moreno later this season and trade kirk yeah. our discussion of fran mill uh, prompted two questions let's hit them up real quick uh frankie yeah, should i pick up fran mill for andrew vaughn uh yes. sean day 
Yes, real quick. Sean Davis says Owen Miller for Fran Mill. I want the Fran Mill side in every, day, every day, twice. Yeah. I twice on Sunday. Nice little streak you got from Owen Miller. Now go get now turn him in for Fran Mill. Absolutely. That's, it. That's April trades right there. Yeah, that is buy low, sell high. If you can pull yeah. that off, great. Uh, but uh good luck. You're probably gonna get snap rejected on that offer, but go ahead. It can't hurt. Um Everybody, thank you for commenting. Appreciate it there. I really do like the interaction. So don't apologize if you were chat crazy. We, we do. We like it. We like that you're interacting with us there. So thank you for that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Please, as always, uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. If you want to check out uh, more, like the, the Jason Collette's article or Ryan Roos' closer article on the site, go to rotowire.com slash try. Get your free 10-day trial there. No credit card is required. We got uh, the Prospect Podcast with James Anderson coming up tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this one. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.